Hare Krishna, we are all, um, I welcome all to Everyday Chant Harinam Conference Call. Today we are very fortunate to have Sister Sarvadik Das Prabhu from Mayapur to enlighten us on verse 42, chapter 4 of Canto 6. Hare Krishna Prabhu, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. I basically have my business is Guru Maharaj. Very low. I don't know if everyone is uh, hearing you low or uh, the sound. The sound is. Low. Yeah, Mataji, for us it is okay. Oh, okay. Then Maharaj. Uh, then uh, Prabhuji, please go ahead. Okay. Thank you. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narotamam Devim Sarasitin Jasam Tato Jayamudiriyat Nashtapreshabaddeshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Yutamashloke Bhakti Bhavati Nashtaki Krishna Swadamo Pagate Dharmagyana Dibisaha Kolonashta Deshamesha Paranoko Dunodita Kantaraj Srimad Bhagavatam Kijay. We're very fortunate today to be reading Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 6, Chapter 4, the Hansaguya Prayers, Text 42. And we'll read 43 also. Tamtatavantam bhaktam prajakamam prajapatim chittagya sarvabhutanam idamaha janardana. Translation. Although prajapati daksha could not say anything, when the Lord who knows everyone's heart saw his devotee prostrate in that manner and desiring to increase the population, he addressed him as follows. This is an important principle that is being illustrated here. In fact, the last, the very last verse of this entire Srimad Bhagavatam says, Nama Sankirtanam Yasya Sarva Papa Pranashanam Pranamudukka Shamanastam Namami Harimparam. That this chanting of Krishna's holy name, Nama Sankirtan, is the most auspicious thing. And someone who offers their obeisances to the Supreme Personality of God becomes free from all types of miseries. So there's great power in just doing this simple thing of offering our obeisances before the Lord, bowing our head before the Lord, offering dandavat. Dandavat means to fall like a stick. We say dandavat pranam prabhu. But dandavat means you take a stick, you let go, and it falls, boom. It falls flat on the ground. So Prajapati Daksha has done that. He's falling flat before the Lord. And the Lord, seeing his sincerity, is ready to bless him. This is one of the ways that we attract the mercy of the Lord, is to surrender. And ultimately, this is a, one of the final instructions of the entire Bhagavad Gita. The last chapter, the, the end of the book, gives the conclusion of the book, not the beginning of the book. So at the very end of the book, Krishna says, Sarvatamam parichaja mamekam sharanam braja ahamtam sarvapapibhyo mokshayishyami masuchaha so don't worry, don't lament, don't cry. No need to worry about previous activities. You just surrender to me. Mami come exclusively, not to this one, that one, the other one, but to me. Mom, 
Ekam, mom means personal pronoun, Krishna, to me. Ekam, exclusively, only to me, one. Ekam means one. Sharanam, take my shelter. Surrender to me. To, to take the Lord's shelter means to have his, uh, to, to surrender to him. To, to surrender to the shelter of the Lord. And by doing that, we attract mercy of the Lord. Um, nothing to worry. Nothing to lament about. This is the whole principle of bhakti that's enunciated in the very end of the book. So Prajapati Daksha is doing this and Lord who knows everyone's hearts, it said here, who knows everyone's heart. Uh, Chitta Gya, it's mentioned here. Who can understand the hearts? Sarvabhutanam of all living entities. Krishna is there. How does he understand? Because he's there. Ishvara Sarvabhutanam we're situated on the machine, yantra, of material energy. And Krishna is there also, guiding us. He's, he's guiding us throughout this complex thing we call life. And when we come to him and surrender to him, he gives his pers- takes personal interest in devotee. This is an important thing. Because... He says in Bhagavad Gita mm, that he's equal to everyone. He doesn't play favorites. He's not inimical towards anyone. He doesn't favor anyone. This is in ninth chapter, verse 29. I'm forgetting this Sanskrit. Uh, let me look it up real quick. I'm forgetting. I remember the number, but I don't remember the verse. So Srila Vishana Chakravarti Thakur comments on this verse. He said the first part of the verse, This is how the Lord deals with everyone as Paramatma, completely equal, equal poise to, every, to the demons, to the devotees, to the demigods, yes, to everybody. He says he's like the rain. The rain falls on the fertile field where rain is required, where luxurious growth of plants, it falls on the ocean where is nothing but water. It falls on the stones that don't need water. He gives his mercy everyone equally. This is Paramatma. But Krishna cannot be equal to in the, in the face of his devotee's love, devotee's service. For the devotees, he said, I can't be equal. Because the devotee has love for the Lord, Lord reciprocates that love. He also has great love for his devotee. Devotee loves the Lord, Lord loves the devotee. He can't ignore devotee's service. So this is a special relationship the bhakta has with the Lord. He can't be equal. And we show that by the principle of surrender. Mamekam sharanam. That I have no other interest in, except to serve you and prostrate myself before you and acknowledge your presence within my heart. You're very kindly guiding me. You're blessing me. In every lifetime, he's blessing us and fulfilling our destiny. I had a discussion with one friend. He was saying that how is it that Krishna is fulfilling our destiny, that I have my destiny? How is that? I'm making decisions. I'm deciding to do like this, and I'm acting in a particular way in my own self-interest. So I asked him, where does that inspiration come from? Is that not Krishna in your heart? 
I'll give you an example. I used to do prison preaching in North Carolina and Virginia. And there's one man, I forgot his name. He's going to die in prison. He's a bank robber. He robbed a bank, was uh, thrown in prison for his offense, and practically speaking, within weeks of his release, he robbed another bank. He told me he was walking down the street and he saw the bank and he had this overpowering desire to, to rob it. So he got a pen, some paper. He wrote on a piece of paper, I have a gun, give me the money. He had no gun. But he walked in the bank, handed the teller the, the note. teller gave him the money. He walked out the door. It locked behind him. And the door in front of him locked. And he's caught like an animal. They call the police and he goes to jail. So what is happening here? Lord in his heart is inspiring him. You robbed this bank. Why? Because it's his destiny. It's his destiny to sit in jail and die in jail because of some very negative thing he did in the last life. Now he's reaping the result in the, in the form of imprisonment. He has no independence. They'll decide what he eats. They'll decide what he, when he wakes up, when he goes to sleep, what he can do, what he can't do. He, his whole independence is taken away. He's a prisoner by his negative past life karma. So to fulfill that, he is inspired within his heart. There's a bank. Why don't you get some money? So in this way, the Lord is within everyone's heart, inspiring us to fulfill our own destiny. Now, does that mean that we have an independence? No, we have some independence. We have minute independence. Uh, we Mostly we're carried by our own karma. Our karma comes to us, as is explained in Shastra, just like a calf will find its mother amongst tens of thousands of cows. The calf will always find its mother. So in the same way, our karma will find us in due course of time, both positive and negative. We have our certain amount of karma that will come to us, and it can't be changed. Krishna can change it, but will he change it? No, this is our karma, certain things we're destined to have. For example, if a person is born with a crippled hand, let's say, for example. Can Krishna make his hand whole? Of course. Is there anything Krishna can't do? He can make that hand whole. But will that person uh, be able to change his destiny if he does uh, Satyanarayan Kata, if he fasts, does donation, gives, uh, uh, goes on Tirtha Yatra, does some Yajna, prays, oh, please, Lord, the hand is this for the rest of his life. He, he was born crippled, and he has to endure that for the rest of his life. So there are certain things in everyone's life that we're destined to endure, whether it's prison or whether it's becoming uh, a corporate multi-million dollar uh, executive of a huge company. That's destined. You can't change it. So what is the purpose of bhakti? Bhakti means that whatever comes to us, positive or negative, we simply remain devotee of the Lord in any circumstance of life. Queen Kunti prayed, Vipada Santuta Babato Darshanam Apunar Darshanam. She prayed, bring, bring it on. Give me more trouble. The previous verses mentioned all the trouble she got. They tried to poison Bhishma, or Bhima rather. They tried to poison Bhima, house of lack, Hidimbi. They're trying, man-eating demons trying to attack from the forest, lost their kingdom, exiled to the forest, cheating at dice, Draupadi was insulted. So many horrible things happened to them from their own family. 
from their own family. Single mom, Kunti is a single mom with five kids. I mean, it's hard enough to be a single mom with one kid. We're to speak of, of course, those aren't ordinary kids and they're young men. But still, they lost everything. They lost their kingdom by cheating also. But then Kunti prays, Kunti Maharani prays, Vipada Santuta Shasvatatta Tatta Jagad Guru Bhavato Darshanam Yatsad Apunar Bhavanarshanam that give me more trouble, bring more trouble, because when I see trouble, I see you. And when I see you, I don't see Apunar Bhavadarshanam. I don't see repeated birth and death. So this is an important thing to understand in Krishna Bhakti, that when things are going our way, we think, oh, Krishna Bhakti is so nice. It's, I'm a devotee, Hari Bol, Sweet Rice, Golub Jaman, Sunday Feast, uh, nice kirtan, devotee sangha, everything's wonderful. But when trouble comes, we may think, Krishna, why are you doing this to me? I'm your devotee, don't you? I'm your devotee. Why has this happened to me? Did I deserve this? Well, yes. Whenever it comes, we deserve. And whatever situation comes, we should see Krishna's hand in it. That whenever trouble comes, it can be much, much worse. But we get token suffering because of our past mistakes. And that will come to us regardless of our standing in devotional life. We'll have positive result, we'll have negative result, and we should see Krishna's hand in it and accept everything. Tatenu kampam susamikshamanu bunjana evatmakritam bipakam. Devotee prays, evatmakritam bipakam. I created this. I created the negativity. Or by my past punya, my past punya, uh, pious activity, I created something wonderful. But I am responsible. And we don't shake our fist at God and say, why have you done this to me? Why are you treating me like this? Why am you, I'm your devotee. We have to accept responsibility for our actions in this world, both in past lives, past lives, in this life, in future. We have to accept responsibility. And this is one of the symptoms of surrender. To take shelter of Krishna. To be able to fall down flat, dandavat, and offer our everything, our body, mind, and words. Karmana manasa gira nikasapyavastasu jivan mukta sa uchite. Devotee is liberated when we can offer our body, our mind, our words, our everything. Yat karoshi adashnasi yasahosi dadasi yat yatapasya sikonteya matkurushvam adarpanam. Madarpanam, offer everything in our life to Krishna. This is surrender. And what is the result? Next verse says, Shubha, Shubha, Palarevam, Mukshase, Karma, Bandhanai. Sanyasa, Yoga, Yuktatma, Vimukta, Maam, Upayashasi. That we become free from Shubh and Ashubh, auspicious life and inauspicious life. Pap and Punya. We become free from that because everything's for Krishna. Jagatat Kramanunyata Lokoyam Karma Bandana. Tadatam Karma Kuntaya Mukta Sangha Samachara. Tadatam means we work for Krishna. Everything is for Krishna. Family is for Krishna. Work is for Krishna. Money is for Krishna. Home is for Krishna. Car is for Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Everything for Krishna. Tadatam. Then we become Mukta Sangha Samachara. We become free from the reactions of karma. By making Krishna, by putting Krishna in his rightful place, as the enjoyer of everything. So this is also what it means to surrender, to be able to offer our prostrate obeisances, as Prajapati Daksha is doing here. So we can move on to the next verse. This is very instructive. We should all be ready at any time and have this mentality at every stage of our life, 
in every ashram, in every situation, positive and negative, always have this feeling of offering our obeisances. Krishna, you took everything away. Thank you. I offer my obeisances. Krishna, you gave me the world. Thank you. I offer my obeisances. Everything for Krishna. Then we're free from the influence of the modes of material nature and we make progress in spiritual life. So text 43. Shri Bhagavan Uvacha Prachetasa Mahabhaga Sansidas Tapasa Bhavan Yachchadhyaya Matparaya Ahibhamam Paramgata Translation, the Supreme Personality of God had said, O oh, most fortunate Prajetasa, because of your great faith in me, you have attained the supreme devotional ecstasy. Indeed, because of your austerities, combined with exalted devotion, your life is now successful. You have, you have achieved complete perfection. Purport by His Divine Grace, Srila Prabhupada. As the Lord Himself confirms in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 8, text 15, one reaches the highest perfection when he attains the fortune of realizing the Supreme Personality of Godhead. After attaining me, the great souls who are yogis in devotion never return to this temporary world which is full of miseries because they have attained the highest perfection. Therefore, the Krishna Consciousness Movement teaches one to follow the path towards the topmost perfection simply by performing devotional service. We should have faith in this. We should have complete faith that just by, just by performing devotional service, all benediction, all happiness will come to me, all blessing will come to me. And whatever happens during the sojourn of my life in the material world is my destiny. But not be disturbed by that. It's very easy to get disturbed because of bodily identification. That if we lose money or we lose position, we lose our health, we lose a relationship, then we become very, very disturbed. Why have I lost this? Why is this happening to me? By karma. Can you stop it? No. What is the solution? Tamasatiksha Bharata. Arjuna advised Krishna. Uh, Krishna advised Arjuna, sorry. That in the non-permanent appearance of happiness and distress, heat and cold, honor and dishonor, just tolerate. They're not, it's not a, first of all, it's, it's non-permanant. And in second, mantra uh, sparshas is based on sense perception. Well, how do we become happy? When, why do we become happy when something positive for our senses comes our way? A promotion, an appreciation, a financial windfall, new home, new car, new clothes, jewelry. We thought, oh, now the life is good. This is deep, deepest delusion. We have nothing to do with any of that. But still we feel happy. And this is the symptom of our misidentification, thinking, I belong in this material world. But Krishna is saying right here, what is this world? <laughs> Dukalayam. Are we not insane? Are we not crazy trying to be happy in a world that's programmed to make us suffer? This is what we call struggle for existence. We're struggling to be happy. We're, we're constantly subjected to the waves of material energy making us unhappy. 
one thing after another. You solve one problem, another problem rears its head. You solve that problem, then another, then another. And then the day comes, last breath comes, you die, and you have to come back and start all over. Is this not Dukalayam, a place where we suffer? Suffer old age. Janma mrityu jarabhyadi dukkha anudarshanam. We should see that anudarshanam. We should understand what is our position in this world. That we're born. Was, was birth a happy thing? Was it happy for the mother? Intense pain for the mother. Intense pain for the baby. Birth. And when you're, you're welcome to the world with a... They call it physohex. It's bactericidal wash, bactericidal bath, a slap on the rear to make you breathe. And you start crying. You're born into this world. What's the first thing you do? You cry. And when you die, people cry. It's a crying proposition from beginning to end. On one side, birth. On one side, death. Crying proposition. And inside, in between those two crying situations, we call it life. This is Dukalium. We may think, oh, there's walks in the, in the park and love and romance and good food and movies and comfort and vacations. This is all illusion. This is nothing. It's not even dust, dirt compared to the happiness of entering the kingdom of God. Eternal life. We're so foolish we can't even conceive of what is eternal life. What is the, what is the, the value of living an eternal life, a satchirananda life, a life of eternality, of cognizance and ananda. Ananda is unknown to us. What we call ananda we say happiness. But what is happiness? Happiness is really just the other side of distress. The example is there. Every person, sometimes they would punish offenders in this way in medieval times. They'd, put, they'd tie a, a chair onto a long pole and they'd balance it over a pond of water. And they'd put the offender, they'd tie him in the chair and they'd dunk him into the water till he's practically drowning. Then he'd bring him up. Ah, ah, then he gets a breath of air. Oh, now I can breathe. Is that happiness? Relatively speaking, to the position of drowning, we can say being able to breathe is happiness. But it's not actually happiness. It's not positive happiness. It's simply a negation of suffering. He's out of the water and he can breathe, so he thinks he's happy. This is not happiness. Another example is given in Shastra. A man is running across a field and he falls into a uh, blind well, a water well that's been over out of use and covered by grass. He doesn't see it. He falls in, and then he's uh, actually he's being chased. In the, in the example, he's being chased by a tiger, by a, a lion, by jackals. He's being chased, and he's running away. He falls into the well. As he's falling down to the bottom of the well, where drowning is a certain is a certainty, he grabs a stick. Oh, now I'm saved. But he looks up, and just above him is a hornet's nest, a, a bee's nest. And the bees are, get, are stinging him. The tiger is above, ready to eat him. The water is below him, ready to drown him. But because there's a few drops of honey dripping from the bee's nest, he opens his mouth and thinks, Oh, very good, very sweet. This is material life. We enjoy little happiness. What Krishna calls in here, the whole proposition to Kalim. And happiness in the material world simply means negation of material distress. We experience some happiness. So what is material happiness? It's just the other side of the coin. Dwandva Mohi in the Bharata, this whole world is a world of duality. 
and it bewilders us. Dwandva Mohena, O Bharata, O Arjuna, we become bewildered by the dualities of this material world. Always seeking happiness, always trying to avoid distress, this is not positive life. But this is a life everyone lives except devotees who have some different perspective by the grace of God and Guru. We have different perspectives. But we should understand, we should reflect on this reality. What is my situation? I'm, I'm stuck in this world. Ainan, we pray. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught us to pray. Ainanda tanuja kinkaram patitam maam bishame bhavam budo. Kripaya tavapada pankaja stito duli sattasham vichintaya. That I've fallen. I'm so unfortunate. And have, what have I fallen into? A, a poison, a, a poisonous situation. Patitamam vishame bhavambudo. Visham means poison. Of what? Bhavambudo. An ocean of repeated birth and death. Sometimes born as a worm. Sometimes born as Indra. Sometimes born as a Shudra. Sometimes born as a Brahmin. As a man. As a woman. As an Indian. As an American. As a Chinese. As, a, as an elephant. As a dog. As a pig. Over and over again doing the same stupid thing. The whole same useless thing over and over again. Bishame Bhavambudi. Bhavambudi means ocean of birth and death. Can this, is this a happy situation? We're so unfortunate. But we're simply looking forward to that, that final, that finally I'm enjoying a little material happiness. And for that, we work so hard. We sacrifice so much just for a little material happiness. This is insane. We're certifiably insane. Srila Prabhupada tells a story about a man who committed some heinous crime, a murder or something. And his defense when he came before the judge was that the lawyer says, actually, your, your honor, he's insane. He's not mentally stable. So the judge ordered that the doctor, the mental, the, the psychiatrist examine him and see what was his condition. So he came back to the court and the judge says, so what is your uh, understanding of the situation? He said, yes, this man is insane, but in my estimation, we are all insane. <laughs> Are we not? Are we not certifiably insane trying to be happy in a world that is described here by Lord Krishna as Dukalayam, a place where we suffer? That suffering is uh, external. Anato Bhagavatam says, Anato Pasamam Sakshat Bhakti Yoga Matoksaja, Lokasya Janato Vidvam Chakra Satvatasamitam. That these uh, sufferings of material world, the Dukkha, of this material world, the suffering of this material world, birth and death, old age, is all external. It's superficial. It's, su it's not part of what we are. It's not part of our potential, of our identity as spirit souls, as part and parcel of Krishna, beloved souls of the Lord. So what is the solution? That Lord Krishna, in the form of Veda Vyasa, has given Vedic literature to bring us out, to wake us up, to jeev jago, jeev jago, to wake up, what is our position? Learn, what is this world? Understand what is this world? Experience what is this world? In order to, be, to re, become relieved from this repeated situation, this repeated inauspicious situation, most inauspicious situation for the jiva, to be born again and again and again in this horrible material world. 
So the Lord himself, out of his unlimited compassion, the people don't know it. Janato vidvams. Vidvams means vidabhyas. The most masses of people, lokasya, they don't understand this thing. So out of mercy, the, the Supreme Lord comes as Vedabhyas to give Vedic literatures. And what is the result? Next verse says, Yasyambhai shuyamanayam Krishna paramapurushe Bhakti upadyate pumsal shoka moha bayapaha This means that if one gives oral reception to what Vedabhyas is given, his, his medicine, NHO Shodi Maya, Nashi that he is also given as the Lord comes as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He comes as Veda Bhyas to give what Vedas, to give knowledge, to give realization. Because people don't know. So if we hear Veda, Shuyamananam, if we allow that transcendental sound vibration to enter our ear, the sound vibration of Srimad Bhagavatam, of Upanishads, Ramayana, Mahabharata, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Itihasa, all wonderful Shastra. If we allow that vibration to enter our ear and our heart, what is the result? To hear Krishna Paramapurushe, to hear about Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Bhaktir Utpadyate Pumsa. That Bhakti, love of God, is the result. Bhakti wells of Utpadyate Pumsa. It wells up in the heart of a person. He becomes a devotee simply by hearing. Prabhupada said over and over again, simply hear. Please, simply hear. Why did I spend, invest so much time in producing these books? So you can hear. Srila Prabhupada could have become immensely popular just being like a rock star and having big, big gatherings and people come and touch his feet. And, but he cloistered himself off and dedicated himself night and day to translating his books for the benefit of the world, to give this transcendental knowledge to the world that will cause bhakti, utpadyate, pungsa, that wells up in the heart of a devotee. And what is the result when that happens? Shoka, moha, bayapaha. The shoka, lamentation, moha, illusion, baya, fear, are all eliminated simply by the process of hearing. By the process of hearing, then it will enter our dull brain. What is our situation? Dukalayam, ashashvatam. We can't stay here. Ashashvatam. Shashvat means eternal. Ashashvat means temporary. And this is our situation. We're struggling for eternal happiness. But eternal happiness is a losing proposition. Practically speaking, lasting happiness is a, is, a, is a losing proposition because our body itself is temporary and it can be ripped away from us at any moment. That we don't understand. Maharaj Yudhishthir was quizzed by the, uh, the at in Vanaparva, Mahabharata, by the uh, disembodied voice. That what yaksha. he asked Yaksha, thank you. I couldn't think of the word. He was quizzed by the Yaksha, Yaksha Prashna, this section. He was questioned by the Yaksha. What are, he, he answered so many questions. He, he quizzed him for, to understand what is the character of my son, because he's none other than Dharma Raj himself. 
He finally asked him, what is the most extraordinary thing? What is the most amazing thing? He said, honey, honey, bhutani, that the most extraordinary thing is that everyone and everything is dying. Every devata, every human being, every dog, every pig, every ant, every insect is dying. But we live our life as if I will never die. Is this, is this not extraordinary? A most amazing thing? I remember, maybe it was a little heavy, but they asked me to speak at a funeral one time, so I told this story. And when I said, this is the most amazing thing, that everyone will die, and no one thinks they will, there was this commotion in the audience, because it was a Western audience. Indian person had left this world, but he had many friends. But no one wants to hear this. No one wants to hear the reality of life. The reality of life is death. That we have to change our body, just like changing a dress. But what we lament, we become very fearful, because people live a life full of sinful activity. So they're very fearful of death. My godbrother, I've told this story before, but maybe some of you haven't heard it, but it's worth telling again also. My esteemed godbrother, Rajendra Nandan Prabhu, left this world about a year ago. He was diagnosed with terminal cancer. So he told the devotees, don't pray for my cure. Pray for my transference to the kingdom of God, Goloka Vrindavan. And in the weeks and days and hours before he left, he told us, you cannot imagine the happiness I'm experiencing. The happiness I'm experiencing. Is this typical for a person on their deathbed? Typically, people are full of lamentation, fear, regret, all negative experience, all negative emotions. And he's saying, I'm experiencing... I have no words to express the joy I'm experiencing because I'm directly experiencing I am going back to Godhead and this is my last life in the material world. And he left this world with a smile on his face and his hand in his bead bag. This is a perfect life. This is a perfect solution to this ashashvatam existence, this temporary existence. So we should reflect on this, not that we become morbid Oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Oh, what about my life? My life. This is a paradox of life. We know we're going to die, but we have to live our life as if we're not. We have to plan as if we're going to live a long life, even though our life may be very short. And always be Krishna conscious, because we don't know when that last moment comes. A friend of ours in uh, North Carolina moved here from South Africa, South Africa, in different neighborhoods, a very dangerous place. He had some dispute, property dispute, with a couple Africans. They came, they broke into his house, and his wife was doing Tulsi Puja. She was walking around Tulsi, Yani Kani, Chapapani, and they killed her on the spot. Was she thinking, this is my last day on this earth? But what an auspicious death. She'll go back to God. And the last thing she did in this world was worship Tulsi. She'll go back to Godhead directly. So what is the point? We should always be engaged somehow, either mentally or physically, in the Lord's service. And this is the solution to this ash ashashvatam, temporary existence. Because great souls, this is the activity of great souls. This world is temporary, but napnuvanti mahatmana, the great souls attain perfection. Samsidhim paramam gataha. They go back to Godhead. 
is there any other is is there a is there a higher objective a higher achievement in life there's nothing higher there is no higher achievement than going back to godhead so we should look for that thing but what is the process to take shelter of the process of devotional service Prabhupada says here therefore the krishna consciousness movement teaches one to follow the path toward the topmost perfection simply by performing devotional service this is what our iskan society is meant for if you distill everything down opening temples distributing books giving classes distributing prasadam um, all these all these different activities bhakti viksha groups Harinam Sankirtan. What is the purpose of all of these things? To educate the people. Yaskan, if you distill everything down, is an educational institution. Why? Because people don't know. They have no idea. They don't even think about these things. The masses of people are simply ignorant fools. I mean, it's not a nice thing to say, but is it not true? And, and we shouldn't you know, give public lecture. You're all ignorant fools. It's true, though, is it not? They're ignorant fools because they have no conception of the goal of life, the perfection of life. Perfection means sadhim paramangataha, the highest perfection, paramam, the highest objective, gataha, is to go back to Godhead. But they're busy trying to accumulate assets of this material world and enjoy their senses. They're like, they're like animals. The Bhagavatam says, Taravakim Najivanti Swastakim Nasu Santita, the Kadanti Namehanti Kim Grame Pashavopare. Don't the bellows of the blacksmith breathe? They have this bellows, they push air to make the fire hotter. The trees have life. The Kadanti Namehanti, the animals eat, they have their, they procreate. Kim Grame Pashavopare. Animals, the Pashavas, are all doing that. What is the achievement for a human being who lives a life exactly like the animals? Eating good food, procreating, building a house, having an existence, and then being, having it all washed away by the, the waves of time. Washed away by the waves of time. Irrevocable. Kalos me, Krishna says. Kalos me, Bharatarshava. I am time, and, I'm, and I will take away everything. They'll take, someone else will live in your house. Your body will be buried or burned to ashes or given <coughs> as food for other creatures, become stool, ashes, or earth. This is the future of everyone's body. We forget. In America, they, san they sanitize everything. They make a nice coffin. They put the body there. They dress the body. They, the undertakers, the morticians, they give makeup on the body. They shave the body for a male. They fix the hair for a female. They put makeup, look the body, make it look very nice and pristine. And people come and they look at the body and they think, oh, my father, my mother, my friend, he's gone. But they don't think, that's you lying there someday. It's your body someday. This is the value of our Bharatiya Sanskriti. We build a, a, a funeral pyre, you put the body on it, and you watch it burn, and you understand, this is my future also. But someday this is my body. Someday this is what will happen to me, irrevocably. This is my destiny. One time, I used to be the intermediary between the, 
Denver Temple and the Indian community. So when there was a funeral, they would call me for Mundan, for different satsangs, Satyanarayan Kata, different things. So one Bengali man lost his son in a horrible accident, nine-year-old boy. He was riding his bicycle, got hit by a truck, died instantly. So they brought his body to the funeral center. They brought his whole setup from his bedroom. He brought his bed, his lampshade. They dressed him up nicely, tucked him into bed like he's just asleep. Then they started singing all these uh, mournful Tagore songs. There wasn't a dry eye in the room. Everyone was crying. Then the man got up and he chanted 108 Hare Krishna Maha Mantras, tearfully. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Like this, making a big scene. We took the body across the street to the, uh, they have electric or gas furnace for burning the body. So he pushed the body inside the oven, closed the door, light, turned the switch to light it on. Then he turned to me and said, your Krishna could not save him. <laughs> Such a foolish man. This is our understanding. Chanting Hare Krishna and then saying your Krishna could not serve him. That the living being is the cause of his own happiness and distress. I quoted that verse to him. He, I don't think he understood it. But they see, we create our own unhappiness, and that soul, by his destiny, created unhappiness for his parents, for his grandparents, for his family. This is the nature of this material world we forget. Ashashvatam. And because of that, because we're so intoxicated with material life, we forget what is the highest goal and how to get there. Highest goal is Krishna Bhakti. Mamupetya. Mamupetya means achieving Krishna. Mam means me, Krishna, personal pronoun. No other thing. Mamupetya, what is that? Sansadim. This is perfection, attaining Krishna. And what does attaining Krishna mean? Attain his abode his family, his friends, his activity, his service. Prabhupada said this life in the material world is just a dry run, a practice run. We're on probation, he said, probationary activity. And if we continue serving in probationary stage, then we do the same thing in the kingdom of God. If you like to pick flowers and make flower garlands, you can do the same thing. And being completely overwhelmed in ecstasy, doing the smallest thing, offering a glass of water to Radha Krishna, to offer a flower garland to Radha Krishna, to pick flowers, to serve tulsi, to cook, to dance, to, to play, to joke and laugh. This is eternal happiness. This is sun-sitting. Not to work like hogs and to, like, like horses and, and asses foaming at the mouth, working hard trying to carve out some little place of security and happiness and have it all taken away by the waves of time. That is the future. So, Mamupetya. Mamupetya means to achieve Krishna. This is Sanskritim. Paramangata. The highest thing, the highest achievement is to achieve Krishna. So, Prabhupada's quoting this verse. Someone's uh, microphone is on, I think. So we get this fortune by realizing the personality of Godhead. And this is the qualification that we heard in the previous verse. 
to offer your obeisances, to fall down, to surrender, to do dandavan, to give up prestige, false prestige, to give up attachment to body, to give up attachment to family, to sense gratification, to wealth, to all the things that intoxicate us, and simply fall down at the feet of the Lord, who knows our heart, and who is very, very pleased with Pracheta. He calls him Pratetasa here. And in the previous verse we read how when he did that, he had darshan of the Lord and he fell down and all his senses became overwhelmed with ecstasy simply by falling down at the feet of the Lord. So there's great mercy, there's great blessing, there's great blessing to overcome all miseries by simply surrendering, offering obeisances and taking up the process of devotional service. And that is our business as individuals and that is our business here as Srila Prabhupada says that this is the purpose of the Krishna Consciousness Movement, to teach one to follow the path toward the topmost perfection by performing devotional service. As we're doing ourselves, we should also teach other people to do and teach by our example. We, shouldn't, we can't teach something we're not doing ourselves. One time, a lady brought her son to Gandhiji. They said, oh, Gandhiji, Please instruct my son. He eats way too many sweets. He always, always has candy in his mouth. It's going to destroy his health, destroy his teeth. Please tell him, don't eat so many sweets. Ganjini said, yes, fine. Come back in two weeks. So they came back two weeks later, and Ganjini admonished the young man, please do not eat so many sweets. It's not good for you. It's not good for your teeth. It's not a healthy thing. Please do not eat so many sweets. The mother was grateful, and then asked Gandhiji said, "Why? That, thank you very much. I, I appreciate your blessing, my son. But why is it we had to wait two weeks? Gandhiji said, because two weeks ago, I was also eating too many sweets. In other words, you can't tell something, you can't instruct someone to do something you're not doing yourself. You can't instruct people, you should chant Hare Krishna. If you're not chanting yourself, what meaning will it have? You can't teach people don't smoke and drink if you're smoking and drinking. So we have to follow the life. Yadyara charati shristas tattadeva charojana sayapramanam kurute lokastad onuvartate. The whole world will follow someone, who, a great soul who shows an example. And we have to have that conviction. We have to have, have that conviction. I remember when I was working, I worked for 20 years as a watchmaker and goldsmith. So I was working in one company, Shane Company. I'd been working there about two weeks. Then it became known that, oh, this guy's a vegetarian. So this guy walks up to me. He says, I knew there was something weird about you. <laughs> but will I budge? Will I take on your, your nonsense habits? No. Take it or leave it. This is what I, this is, this is what I do. This is my life. And I'll never change it for anything. We should have that conviction, that pride in the life that Srila Prabhupada gave us, that our Guru Maharajas, that our Gurus, our Acharyas, Iskana Acharyas have given us. We should, we, some things we should be proud of. This is one thing we should be proud of, the life that we've been given by our Acharyas and never deviate from it. And if someone challenges it, say, you know, go to hell. This is my life. Take it or leave it. I'm, I don't live to please you. I live to please the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and my Guru. And if you don't like it, tough beans. So we should have that conviction. We're an educational institution, and we're meant to help other people by our example, 
by our instruction, by our achar, and by our prachar, by our, our example, and by our words. But there should be harmony between the two. This is why Chaitanya Charitamrita describes Shilaharira Thakur as the ideal devotee, because he was ideal in achar, in behavior, and he is ideal in prachar. So that's a very powerful combination. And with that, Krishna consciousness can spread all over the world. And this is why we say, Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharani Nivisesha Shanivari Paschatya Deshatarani That this combination of Saraswati Devi, Saraswati Devi means that Prabhupada is identifying himself as a disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and Gauravani Pracharani speaking the message preaching the message of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This combination of being a faithful servant of your Guru and teaching the message of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is immensely powerful combination for spreading Krishna consciousness all over the world. That's how ISKCON was manifest. This is the secret uh, in Prabhupada's Prana Mantra. How, did Is- how was ISKCON manifest? Saraswati Devi and Gauravani Pracharani. Becoming sincere servant of Guru and preaching the message of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and ISKCON in Africa, in China, in America, in Latin America, in Europe, in Australia, in every continent of the world, there is, this is the result of this combination of being sincere disciple and servant of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, repeating the message without change, the message of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Gauravani Pracharani. So we should do that, and we're benefited, We'll achieve the topmost perfection, and other people that hear from us will also achieve the topmost perfection. Mamu Petya, to go back to Krishna, to Krishna's world, with Krishna's family, Krishna's devotees, Krishna's friends, his cows, his gopis, his gopas, his trees, his jamuna, his govardhan. Everything is available by the simple thing, pure devotional service. Thank you very much. Anyone has any comment or question today? I can try and answer. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, my dhamma pranam to you, Shiprapat ki jay, kumharat to you. Hare Krishna. Can you hear me Prabhuji? Yes I can. Yeah, very nice class and came as a surprise to us today and uh, we were thinking that uh, other Prabhuji will come but I'm sure it's like a last minute but your class seemed as if you prepared the class and came but uh, uh, you no know time to prepare. <laughs> he called me an hour ago. Or, or sent me a text. Yeah, very nice. Actually, my family visited uh, the last portion of your class. You were saying like uh, Prabhupada's temples everywhere. Uh, you know, my family, uh, they are not devotees of Hare Krishna, but uh, they visited South America and uh, their uh, Columbia or something, the area is there. Some place called Columbia? Yes. Yes, okay. So then Central happened, America, Colombia is Central America. Yes, yes, yes. So they visited there and they came across uh, two to three Hare Krishna temple. And the person who was driving them uh, was, uh, you know, it's amazing. I was, I was so amazed to hear this. Uh, you know, he said, uh, so they mentioned, there is there any Shiva, Shiv temple or Hindu temple like that they asked. He says, we have not known of that. We only know about Hare Krishna temple. So my... <laughs> My relatives are mentioning, so I asked them, did you visit? 
I said, no, we were on the last, we were about to, they're not very favorable also, in a way. So then, uh, but, uh, you know, like, uh, in the sense that, at least, uh, you know, uh, somehow Krishna caught them there saying, hey, I, I rule here. <laughs> There's no other, you know, Chinmaya mission, Hindu temple and things like that. I was so happy and proud to hear that. So it's so amazing. I mean, you feel so happy about this fact that, you know, uh, Prabhupada accomplished his mission of, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And now when we hear this, that there are temples everywhere, our relatives are going, they're not even believers, but at least, you know, they are uh, hearing the name of Krishna. And, uh, you know, uh, they are uh, also, they also was feeling not so proud like, like we as practitioners do, but they were surprised, like, there's no other temple. And that person said, we have not known of any other temple other than Hare Krishna. <laughs> good, good. I just wanted to make You have family are Punjabi Sikhs, no? Sardajis. Yes? Said your family are Punjabi Sikhs, no? Uh, not, uh, that is my husband's side. My husband and husband's side. Uh, they are still very open-minded. I mean, they are very, you know, when we went, uh, when I traveled to California and other places in USA, so we had visited the LA temple, so many temples, and my husband's brother, they were very, very, because Sikh religion is very, very open. So they were like, yes, we'll take you to some Gurdwara also, and we go there also. There was a Gurdwara in Berkeley. We went up the hill. Yeah, fine. Yes, beautiful. And then we went to both the places. So, you know, they felt like my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, they didn't want us to feel uncomfortable because they know we follow. But there is my side of family, <laughs> which is a true a worshipper of Lord Shiva, and for them, you know, it is very difficult to even, uh, uh, they are even uh, very, very envious of the fact that uh, why uh, Prabhupada mentions, uh, uh, you know, like uh, Supreme Personality of Godhead so many times in the Bhagavad Gita. That is one of the questions that came up out of enviousness or what, you know. So uh, I wanted to ask that also to you. I asked yesterday's speaker also and very nice, Vrindanath Prabhu also spoke, but maybe, you know, coming from you, Yashira Prabhupada disciple, very, very senior to us. So, you know, uh, some people will ask why it is mentioned so many times, you know. Uh, so I said, like, I just, Krishna is a supreme person and, you know, he's supreme am among everyone. So that's why the name is like that. And then Godhead. So it's just that, uh, uh, you know, it's like my side of family, Prabhuji, which is like that, not my in-laws. I'm very fortunate that way. They're very, very favorable. So because, you know, they are uh, so much stuck to the Hindu philosophy of worshipping, uh, you know, thinking of uh, Shiva as supreme. And then everything is coming from Vishnu. That is what they all follow. So I don't preach much to mm -hmm. my side of family. It is my side of family, not the other side. <laughs> yeah, because the other side, they follow the Sikhism. And then they are very favorable to Krishna consciousness. Yeah, they're probably more favorable. Actually, Sikhs are very pious people. We were doing a Ratyatra in Delhi one time. Big Ratyatra festival. And it began at a beautiful Gurudwara there. I don't remember which one. There's several there. And yeah. all these Nabajis were out distributing nice, it was blazing hot, and giving nice cold nimbupani and greeting the devotees with folded hands. So much love and res respect they showed to all the devotees. It was very wonderful to see. Yes, yes. Sir. Now, summer, they distribute like this, uh, ruavza and uh, lemon juice. Um, yeah, yeah while I was in Delhi, I remember seeing that. Uh, like, I mean, uh, and of course, you know, I think there was also a connection of... Uh, Srila Prabhupada appreciating the langar which has been going on for so many times from Guru Nanak Ji and Prabhupada... Yeah, he, he visited, he visited the Golden Temple in Amritsar. Srila Prabhupada? Yes, he visited there and he wrote in their book, there's a guest book, he wrote in their book how much appreciated 
how much he appreciated what they were doing. Oh, Prabhuji, is there any reference of this anywhere which I can... Uh, yes, it's probably, in, it's probably in Lilamrita. Okay. I can look it up if you like. Yes, but this yes. is a fact that he visited there and he appreciated. Mm. Now, as far as Lord Shiva is concerned, there's a way to preach to 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 devotees who have affection for Lord Shiva, mm. because we also offer obeisances to Lord Shiva. One great Vaishnava, mm. um, I'm forgetting his name. Anyway, he prayed, Srimad uh, Gopishwaram Bande Shankaram Karunamayam Sarvakleshaharam Devam Vrindaranya Ratipanam. He said, I offer my obeisances to Gopishwar Mahadev. Because in Vrindavan, the te- the, technically the way to enter Vrindavan is first to go and offer obeisances to Gopishwar Mahadev. To get his blessing then, by his blessing you're able to enter into the mood of Prem. Without his blessing, they say, not possible. So he's saying, Bande Gopishwaram, Srimad Gopishwaram Bande, Karun, uh, um, that he's full of mercy. Deva. He's removing all my miseries. He's full of mercy. But what is his real mercy? Vrindaranya Rati. That he's giving Rati love for worshipping Radha Krishna in the groves of Vrindavan. This is his ultimate blessing. You want a new car? Lord Shiva can give you. You want bank balance? Child, husband, wife, promotion? He can give you no problem. But this is his, not his real blessing. His real blessing, topmost blessing, is Radha Krishna Seva. Re, re, residence in Vrindavan, service to Radha Krishna in the groves of Vrindavan. Rati, for serving Radha Krishna in the groves of Vrindavan. So that we can understand, we offer, we want that. We bow down to Lord Shiva. We want his blessing. But we don't misunderstand his position, his ontological position. And he is, he is Guna Avatar, he is avatar, he is the Lord. But he's also He's like milk and yogurt. What is yogurt? Dai is nothing but dude. But there's a difference also. You can't make you can't make kir with dai. There's a difference between but it's nothing but milk. So this example is given in Brahma Samhita to help us understand Lord Shiva's position. He is regarded as Bhagavan. Naradamuni is sometimes called Bhagavan in Shastra. So the Puranas that glorify Lord Shiva are the Tamasic Puranas. There's 18 Puranas, six for each mode of nature. So Tamasic Puranas glorify Lord Shiva to get people to come to a higher stage, to just surrender to somebody. You want material benediction fulfilled, then surrender to somebody, worship somebody. So that's there for a class of people who are unable to appreciate Sattvic Puranas, Padma Purana, Vishnu Purana, uh, all the different Sattvic Puranas. Padma Purana. So, we should understand holistically, understand his position, and we should be able to educate people in that way. And and happily, happily bow down to Lord Shiva or to his Linga. Prabhupada made one distinction, though. When we come to Radha Krishna Temple, we offer Dandavat with our left side to the deity. Prabhupada would offer his Dandavat to in Devi and Devi and Devata temples with his right side to the deity. So I don't know exactly why, but he would do in that way. And he would Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would dance like a madman in Lingaraj Temple in Orissa, in Bhubaneswar. So there's a history between Vaishnavas 
Gaudiya Vaishnavas and Lord Shiva. Vaishnava Anamita Shambhu, he stopped most Vaishnava. We worship Lord Shiva, we desire his blessing. But we don't misunderstand his position. He's Guna Avatar. He's not <coughs> excuse me, he's not Adi Purush, original person. He's not the supreme personality of Godhead. That we can't we can't change our philosophy to please people. But there's a way to present Lord Shiva to people who have feeling for him also. Also there's a tirtha here in, in uh, Gondrum, on the edge of Gondrum. It's called Vishnu Harahara Hari Harashetra. The deity is half Lord Shiva and half Lord Vishnu to show that actually they're one in their purpose. It's a very interesting deity. Wow, very amazing. Thank you for sharing that. So he, you said he's a Gunavatara. Gunavatara is meaning like uh, he's in charge of the mode of ignorance? Yes, and Brahma is in charge of mood of passion. Lord Vishnu, charge of mood of goodness. They're described in Shastra as Guna avatars. So Prabhuji, sometimes you know we come across a lot of Indian people, and you're staying in India, who are impersonalist and they're believing in the philosophy of you know maintaining, destroying, and creating, and then everything's coming from Vishnu, and then they also very very much in uh, they're impersonalist also. I mean they will not you know. They will not believe that you know Krishna has a form and he's you know so beautiful, but they will be stuck in this philosophy only. And then out of three, they will worship Lord Shiva because he's a destruction, and they're very scared of death. So and then they have a lot okay. of aspect to them. So it's so hodgepodge that it's very hard to preach to them. Very very hard. And you know once you start talking, they will keep on talking. So I don't uh, much intervene. Just give prasadam to them. That's all I do. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because they're not like a blank slate who can explain to them, but and, and you know like uh, and they become completely quickly, quickly envious of Krishna. You know why is he uh, like uh, like a he does a lot of tricks and he's very uh, you know like in the sense if you you uh, uh, trick with him he's a big biggest I don't know I'm not getting the right word like he can trick you you know <laughs> they don't like that why why they they, they criticize Krishna for Vastrahara Leela for Ras Leela. Yeah. But they don't understand. So uh, it's it's very. We're all, and Leela, we're all naked in front of the Lord. What what the Lord doesn't see about us. Hmm. So there's explanation for all these Leelas. Ras Leela, they think, oh, Krishna's dancing with some village. Are they village girls? In Leela, they're village girls. In Tattva, they're goddesses of fortune. They're Krishna's own form. And there's Shatakoti Gopi. There's one billion gopis that he does Ras with. Is this the activity of a mundane person? This is the activity, the enjoying capacity of God who does Ras Leela with one billion gopis. So if they accept that Krishna does Ras by reading Shastra, accept everything, not Ardhakokuti Nai, half hand philosophy, take this, reject this, pick this, throw that. If you accept Shastra, accept everything that Shastra says about Krishna, that when he does Ras, he does with billions of gopis. He's the supreme enjoyer, and this is the proof. So if you accept Shastra, accept everything. But they're just, as you say, they're hodgepodge people, envious of Krishna. Mostly, unless they have slightly favorable and want to have discussion, it's a waste of time to try and preach to them. They just... They just, all oh, these, these kind of people are arrogant, you know. Yeah, Prabhuji, I've given up on a lot of them. And what I do is, like, whenever I get a chance, I just give them prasadam. I don't talk anything, and I tell them to read Prabhupada's book. 
again and again whether oh. they want to or not they have propas books but they don't read them the <coughs> devotees don't some devotees don't read but just speak in non devotees they keep their bhagavad gita as it is lying in the bookshelf yes yes yeah thank you so much prabhu ji for your uh, very nice class and uh, you know although there was very small purport and you took two verses and enlightened us today morning for us it's like 8:30 am and i think other devotees if they have uh, questions hari krishna hari krishna thank you for the opportunity mataji thank you prabhu ji any other question Okay thank you all for your kind uh, uh offering the ability to speak to you today Shila Prabhupada ki jai Gantara Shimad Bhagavatam ki jai Itai Gaur Premanande Hari Hari Satitanam Pavane Bhogash